That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is a man who just recently purchased a boat. Although, I think I might be capping, if I'm using the word correctly, JC. <laughs> you are capping, because uh, I can't afford a boat. My parents actually are getting a new boat, which is very exciting. We haven't had one for pretty much since my sister and I went to college, for obvious reasons. Um, so, but yeah. You are capping, and I'm proud of you for using that correctly because old man AJ Styles and his god-awful promo we'll talk about later, that was the only part of it that made me like kind of pop because he used it, and it was funny. It's funny when old people like you and AJ Thank you. use words like capping. Thank you. I mean, the, <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing that AJ and I share are initials. Other than that, I am not phenomenal. But let's get into the, let's get into the shine. Let's get into positive territory here. There's a lot going on here. Uh, that was very bad this week, in my opinion. But there are some the uh, the shine spots that you like to take over. So go ahead, show me what you got. Well, um, yeah, like you said, there's not a lot here that really jumps off the page to me. But I have one big thing on SmackDown for the theme, and then looking on Raw. But I'm gonna start on SmackDown because I mean, he's the fucking head of the table. He's the best thing in the wrestling business. Everything Roman Reigns does, even if it's simple, if he went out there and started off the show, he addressed things. I don't like he literally like it was pretty inconsequential, but it was probably the most the the part of the week that I remember the most that I that I cared about the most because it's Roman Reigns. Everything he does is interesting. Like the Usos and the Mysterios, like that's a wrestle boner right there. But it's just this whole storyline is just interesting. Do I love them doing two matches in the same night? Of course not. But the way they do it on SmackDown with Roman Reigns, it all works and I enjoy it. I don't really have complaints because you had the dusty finish where the rest screwed up and you know then the usos are going to complain him then reigns obviously takes matters into his own hands in the main event and literally murders the mysterio family like and i say murder like he literally fucking killed them freaking dom dead ray dead roman Uah, and jimmy thought he went a little too far in wrestlemania so the storyline keeps on churning but for me this continues to be the best thing in uh, the wrestling world right now yeah, it's interesting at the very end there, as you said, that Jimmy said stop, and then of course, you know, Jay stood by his side, kind of thing, and it was just it was an it was an interesting uh, web that they they weaved so throughout SmackDown, and uh, something else that that came to me, and I uh, you know I'm 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 percolating, and I don't have any proof, obviously, but this is where my head goes. So a couple weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, when they had Dom have to go against the guys by himself with you know hurt Ray wobbling down later, like we we thought was going to happen. There was a huge thing on social media that said, who attacked Rey Mysterio? And they never addressed it. So I assume based on everything that we kind of get going on here, I would imagine somehow, some way, Roman Reigns is the person who attacked Rey Mysterio because something's going to lead, like they said, this seems like the inevitable that Rey Mysterio will be Roman Reigns' challenger, which I, I don't understand it at all. But again... Not for me to understand. I think they've never wrestled or something like that. Something crazy. They get excited for first time ever, and I understand. Hey, you know what? 
it's one of those things where I'm, I was thinking about this because we look at Roman's reign. I see what I did there. Is he literally like he's being like everyone, and he's like every baby face they pretty much have on the roster. He's knocked them down. So Rey Mysterio, another beloved baby face, prop him up. Let Roman smack him down because it's going to be cool. Whenever this reign does end for Roman, whether it's at WrestleMania this year, this year at SummerSlam, or whenever it does, like we're going to be able to look back and be like, man, he beat literally every single person on the roster. And you don't always see that in championships because if you look at, oh, let's look at Bobby Lashley's reign. Who has he beaten? Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. Whereas Roman Reigns, it's like literally every defense, it's different. And that's cool. That's how it should be. That's more of what, like, these other uh, promotions do. Like, they're not where it's like, oh, they got to fight over and over again. It's like, no, you fight this guy, then you fight someone else, and you come back to him later. And, right. you know, it's literally like Roman's reign has been the polar opposites of, like, the Drew and Lashley reigns, where it's Rock's just like, rerun, 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 where Roman's like, give me that guy, give me that guy. Smacky, 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 ooh ah, ooh ah, ooh ah, punchy, 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 speary, 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 choky, 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 champy, champy, champy. <laughs> If you had to explain Roman Reigns to a two-year-old, JC's got you covered. <laughs> yep. There you go. I can't wait for you to sit down and explain wrestling to my children with that logic. That'll be great. <laughs> It'll be great. Uh, but no, look, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I I, uh, I was surprised that it kind of went the way that it did because you kind of had a feeling that Roman Reigns was going to get involved some way. But not. I didn't. It, they they did it in like a weird way at the end where like they didn't. The Usos didn't really seem like they were in trouble. But Roman Reigns decided to interject himself anyway, which I didn't didn't mind. It just caught me off guard, which I guess is a good thing. But going forward, I'm curious how you feel about the idea that Jimmy is kind of like not the guy and Ray is the guy. We're putting it kind of on hold. Are we going to continue? Yes. No, I think it's the best because I think the end result is still going to be that Jimmy and Jay are going to win the tag titles. And eventually it's going to either be a decision where Jimmy falls in line with Roman like Jay has, or he's going to pull Jay away and they're going to like separate from Roman and go on to their own thing. I don't know which way it's going to go. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's exciting, but this is something SmackDown has proven with Roman Reigns and some of their other top storylines is it's, they don't just decide it right away. They find ways to be like, Oh, we're going to pop in a Mysterio here. We're going to pop into this guy here. And it keeps it fresh. And it's just like, you leave these little, it's like we talked about Roman and Seth, like, we're headed there at some point, probably SummerSlam, but they're leaving little breadcrumbs along the way, and then they pull them apart like they haven't seen them together in a few weeks. And that's what makes it effective because then, I don't know, in two months when they come back to it, you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. They came back to it. It's like when you're watching a show and you get, like, an Easter egg or something that was referenced, like, a, a season ago, and you get all, like, you get, like, a boo, 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 and you're all excited. Like, that's – I love that in wrestling. That's part of the reason why I love wrestling. And I feel like we don't get that as much in WWE. So when I do get it, I'm really just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's like that dude of the guy was like, oh, my God, holy shit. So I think it's good. Yeah. Slow burn, baby. Let it burn slowly. I, I'm – there wasn't very much more on SmackDown specifically that I really enjoyed. I got one other thing. Know why? Because we're bringing back a segment that probably hasn't been on the show in 100 episodes. Nestlemania, Carmella fought Liv Morgan, Carmella beat Liv Morgan, but Liv Morgan's the big winner because today, Tuesday, June 8th, happy birthday, Liv Morgan, hashtag birthdays with JC are back, baby, come back, come early, Liv Morgan, you deserve the birthday, hashtag OG friend of the knocker, hashtag stud, hashtag amazing, hashtag happy fucking birthday. It's back, baby. Hashtag Bose girl. Hashtag farmer girl. Hashtag whole wide world live. 
That's what we do here. I can't believe. Are you really gonna keep this going? Because I feel like you're gonna do a one-off and then never do it again. I was on Twitter. I saw it was her birthday, and I wrote it down in my notes. So that's what happened. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just. Happy I... birthday, Liv. All You're right. stud. That's as much it. as I've got there. Let's move on to. You don't like the. Uh, you don't like the um, Corbin Nakamura boogie boogie. I do boogie love. Stuff. I, dude, Stick I love boog. McAfee dancing, dude, is like one of the best parts of SmackDown. I right love. Now. I just, love boog. Just like a... Yeah. I it's love good. Boog. Like, it's a like... jobber alert, though. It was a jobber alert, which, again, not a huge deal to me. It just felt like Who I won? wanted more. What? Who won? Well, Shinsuke lost to, to Corbin. Exactly. And, and that's all that Shinsuke matters. got the crown back. But she, like but, a... Right, but it, but it felt similar to what we've been doing, which I get. It's a little cat and mouse game. It, honestly, it feels like I'm watching a cartoon, like Tom and Jerry or Roadrunner yeah, and, and, and Wiley Coyote. Exactly what it is. It is. It's just it's back and forth and back and forth. Then the crown's the cheese. You know, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, they're like, Shinsuke slides into a hole and, you know, and then, of course, there's a frying pan for no reason. And Corbin just goes, blah, 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 blah. You know, all that stuff. The cartoon stuff. That's exactly what I'm watching on Friday nights. It's ridiculous. But I enjoy Boogs because I think it's hilarious. I just love that the the muscle, like, razorback tee is, like, getting tighter and, like, like less. I'm, like, by the way, did you check out that? You didn't check out the video of Boogs, right, with his workout partner? Oh, my God. You got to find I, I will find it. I will post it on the Jabber Knocker. It made me laugh. So much harder than I should have. Do you know what? Do you know the song Du Haas? Yes. Okay. He plays that song while somebody's working out, and it's. Oh, you know what? I I've heard it, but I, I heard about it, but I saw okay. people tweeting about it, but I didn't watch it. It's great. It's great. Honestly, I wish I had that guy to work out with because he seems like <laughs> a lot of fun. He seems like a lot of fun. But anyway, let's get into the other part of uh, you know this twofer WWE style. We go to Raw for some some good stuff, some bad stuff maybe, but let's let's start in the positive. If you want to go there first, I know you like the, a certain Viper and a certain uh, scooter. Oh, yes, of course. Like that, I mean, that the segment they got to later, but I feel like we got to start from the beginning of the night, which was the tag team battle royal that featured two singles competitors, which I don't mind because they're part of tag teams. And the, the honestly, the best part of this segment was the Miz coming out in a wheelchair, entering his team, a.k.a. John Morrison, <laughs> in the battle royal, and him like, what was the thing they had? The drip, drip, drip stick. stick. Fucking, drip stick. Oh drip my stick. god! It's we're headed to a Morrison Lindsay Dorado feud, which I don't care. That's fine. I'll take it because the Miz is in a wheelchair doing his best. Britt Baker, I'm injured, but I'm not coming off TV impression. I'm all for it because the Miz is just—he's one of those guys. He's going to be more over not wrestling than he is wrestling, and he's going to keep Morrison relevant. He's going to keep their team relevant. He's going to keep other people relevant, and it's going to be in a three-hour show. It's going to be one of the best parts every week. Like it was this week, it made that fun because I know some people are hot and cold at Battle Royals. I enjoy them because I like chaos, but I know you're more of the opposite where you're too much of a mess. But when you insert something like this with the Miz involvement, it makes the whole segment fun. I did uh, listen. So uh, to to be fair, uh, our boy the Joe Stopper tweeted out to us: if this week's episode is not called Dripstick, I'm not listening. So for Joe's specific reason, it is this episode is called Dripstick because the Miz needs to hit the line. Now, I, this is mirror I'm dating myself, and probably nobody understands. It's like five, ten years ago, there was this. There's, uh, I think, the Scottish guy that was doing something with like cars in a commercial, and he goes, "Ah, that's thinking with your dipstick." If the Miz says to John Morrison, "That's thinking with your dripstick," I will fall over laughing because think with your dipstick, Jimmy. I will. Yeah, exactly. If that happens, I will lose. I will lose all feeling in my body and just, like, laugh hysterically. The dripstick is so over in my mind, I just couldn't. Like, the fact that he got an elimination with the dripstick because the Miz gave it to him. The fact that the Miz fell down, you know, like, uh, you know, in slow motion was great. That Once that happened so early, I felt like that peaked. 
I felt like that was the end of it. Now it was I'm, already a win. It, it was, was already it, it already grabbed my attention and it kept happening, kept happening. But like for me, I'm not a big fan of tag teams. I uh, sorry, not a big fan of tag team battle royals, especially this like mirage that they had at the beginning where like they had to like essentially call upon the fact that, like the real tag teams were like not important except RK Bro and maybe the New Day. But, but hey, RK Bro's a real tag team now because they have their officially licensed merch, which means they have officially a tag team. Sure, but it was just funny. They're like, show us your papers. Show us your papers to AJ well, and Omos. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just I was thinking to myself, like, nobody asked for RK Bro's papers. It's just funny, like, the way that, like, heels and babyfaces interact with each other. But no, I'm just not a big fan of tag team battle royals because it just feels so like, oh, you get a second chance, you get a second chance. And, like, as you saw at the end there, and I'm not going to get too far into it, but Riddle just, like, interjecting himself in a battle royal he had already lost just to save his partner, which I understand, like, from a story point standpoint, makes a lot of sense. From the Battle Royal, I was just like, I was so turned off with the idea of what happened in the middle of it that it was just like, I don't know how I feel about it overall. Like, I just feel like the concept is just bizarre to me. Well, I, I, well, I will say the positive because one thing I like, I mean, AEW does these type of things all the time. It's like one person from the tag team is left and wins it for their tag team. In this scenario, both Viking Raiders, Kofi and Randy were the final four. So after uh, Randy took care of Kofi, the Viking Raiders together as a team, eliminated and were the two survivors of it. So I thought that was at least a cool twist because most of the time it comes down to like four singles from the tag teams. In this case, an entire tag team lasted the whole time, which it just happens to be one of the true tag teams. So that makes it kind of cooler. So in terms of tag team battle royals, I think this was a lot better than most. I do agree with you on that aspect. And, you know, it's funny we talked about the program about a certain tag team I was going to give a comeback to. I am going to forego that and talk about it here. I'm excited that the Viking Raiders did win. And I specifically am beyond happy that a real tag team that is an original tag team going against AJ and Omos seems like, yes, it's a pit stop for AJ and Omos and then RK Bro. We know that's... An, but that's know, not a bad thing. Not a bad not thing, a bad as you said. Pull them apart, pull them apart, let's keep it going. So they're doing a great job in that aspect of it. So I'm very happy that the Viking Raiders finally get on television and probably have a match at Hell in a Cell, even though we know it's probably one or two weeks in a one-off and whatever, but like... I, I'm happy that a tag team gets what they want, the tag team championships. Like, if you're a tag team and you're not going for the championships, there's really not really a reason unless there's a personal vendetta that you should be wrestling against each other. And so, for me, it just kind of like, that's why they're not on television. It's just like, okay, if you're not wrestling for championships or you're pissed off at that guy, then fucking wait your turn, you know? That's well, that's why right now, honestly, the Raw tag team division is pretty exciting because you found a way to, like, we've talked about AJ and Omos haven't really been doing much. They've been feeding with Elias and Riker, which oh, we'll get to that. Um, but now at least, like, yes, they're feuding with the Viking Raiders. It should be a fun short-term feud with some good wrestling. It'll be fun to see AJ go against those two guys and Ole Miss go against two, like, bigger guys. But also, the other feud is still the New Day and RK-Bro, which this feud has been really good so far. It's going to continue, and it's like, oh, my God, we have a tag division where there's actually two feuds on TV at the same time, and they're both very interesting. So they've done it. They, like, whatever they said, like, we're going to try to be better with tag team wrestling. So far, they have, because even on SmackDown, they have, like, multi-layered feuds with tag teams. So it's like they're at least trying, which I'm thankful for, um, because we haven't been getting that. So I think it's exciting going forward. Like, the split titles, we're never going to like. But if you ha are able to have m multiple feuds in both shows and not have it suck, bravo to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes, I guess. Hopefully everybody's happy and everybody gets something. I'm giving them credit, damn it. We, we rip them apart for things all the time, and we say what they should do. They deserve to get credit when they do something right in WrestleMania. 
They line your pockets because eventually they're part of Peacock, and then you're part of Peacock, and Ray's no, part that of Peacock. I, I, that money does not see me, buddy. I don't think you know how big business works. Especially, that is so, like, far away. That's like saying, oh, NBC Universal made a movie. It's lining your pockets. Ah, baby. It's keeping you employed. Like the whole Peacock yeah. is, in general, employed. I don't know about that. Different budgets, baby. Anything else that you I'm enjoyed this you, week? I'm going to give you and the internet a lesson on how businesses work, you know? I'm best for business. Uh, so, yeah. can you tell me anything else that you liked that was positive, or do you want to just get into no. the negatory? I just gave them credit. It's time to take the credit away. Okay. Okay. There's, there's so much my head wants to explode. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Might as well, you, you deced it, so I might as well get the, It's the first thing in my craw that really upset me, JC. I'm going to go for it. Elias and Riker, what the fuck are we doing? Riker with a, with a new hair, you know, like, here's the other thing, too. Why would you shave your head? Why would you shave your head when you have two different bald spots? Like, wouldn't you go all the way and be bald? As someone that has full head of luscious lock hair, that's right, everybody that's bald. I have better hair than you. But beside that point, if you have two bald spots, wouldn't you want to cover them up or just shave all the way? Wouldn't you? I mean, I just, this whole thing, I was just laughing because I'm like, they're actually doing this. They're turning the guy that nobody likes a baby face before Chris goes back. <laughs> you know, we, we let Bravo. So let's Jackson Riker as a big baby face. And have a feud with Elias because, A, that's what people want to watch. And, B, people will like Jackson Riker now. I'm just like, what? I mean, you're right. Uh, the the guy who definitely doesn't get it, uh, you know, Vince McMahon, and in some way, there's no way anybody of us are, are going to cheer for a guy who wrote what he did on Twitter uh, specifically and make him a babyface. He's going to get crucified by the people in the crowd. Or, or he's going to be destined to main event where probably nobody's going to be doing anything and just buying merchandise and popcorn. But... I don't know, man. Like, when I saw that, I just went, like, we're wasting so much valuable time on this. Like, I know Elias is, like, they, they think Elias is a multi-cross prat, whatever they call it, like a promotional yada yada on Spotify. He's better when crowds are back. Yeah. He'll be fine when crowds are back. Yeah. But there is, like, there's a lot that's going on, and there's a lot that doesn't make any sense. And so I just, when I was looking at it, I just, I couldn't help exactly to myself go, this is a waste of time. This is an absolute waste of time, but then like they they have plenty of people on their roster that could be doing something, and they're not. They're absolutely not doing anything. Something else that really upset me, and I'll tell you why. And I'm sure you're you're probably on this bandwagon with me, JC. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, Nikki Cross, and Asuka. Now, not necessarily Asuka so much as the other three. So they do this backstage promo where you know like Pierce and Sonya. By the way, Sonya's starting to sour on me in terms of this GM thing, like. She, like, at least Pierce is kind of good at it. Yeah. Sonya's not good at it. It's a no, shame. No, Because I want her to succeed, but... Yeah, it sucks because... Get her back in the ring. It sucks because, here's the thing, I think by herself, you don't... And here's the thing, I know I'm an Adam Pierce not fan. Like, I, I, I'm, i like, number... Public enemy not one. <laughs> not fan? Not fan. <laughs> I'm a not not fan of everybody. You're a notfans.com. Notfans.com. I have... There are only fans, and then there are not fans. I'm not fans. <laughs> um... If there's not a notfans.com, that's funny. Uh, but no, look, uh, Pierce, as much as I give him shit for, like, he clearly is in that role that people believe. Like, he's at least believable in it. When you see him and Sonya together, it's it's watching someone drag somebody through something, and it's just painful. And then you add Charlotte in there, and it's like, okay, Sonya goes even further into the background. And then, you know, Charlotte's saying stuff like, you know, 
I, I, I deserve to do this, and I, da, 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 da. and then of course Rhea comes in with like, now I'm a baby face, and I'm gonna, I'm, I don't have a problem facing Nikki, and it's like, well, why don't you guys suffer, suffer, you know, settle your differences by tagging up, and it's like, huh, what does that solve? They're facing each other at a pay-per-view, it does nothing. You know that they're gonna implode, I get that from a storyline story standpoint, but... The thing was, is like, okay, then Nikki has a promo later where she gets Asuka. She tries to equate it to a superhero. I've already lost on that fucking thing. Like, don't even try. Then we get to the fucking, you know, the tag match where nobody's even trying at this point to, like, be cute about it. It's just like, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to slap you. I'm going to really do this and that. And then, of course, Nikki gets the win on the champion. On the champion who you're trying to build who's had less than three months in Raw. And Charlotte Flair, like it proved, and I said it on Twitter, it proved to me that Charlotte Flair, this is why I think people hate Charlotte Flair. I think I finally figured it out, JC, and you can tell me I'm wrong and that's fine. Because she's the best and she's treated like the best. No, but that's not even the point to me. Like, literally right now, if you tell me Charlotte Flair, close your eyes right now, Charlotte Flair does not have the championship, you can say yes, right? Like, yes, you physically don't see her with the championship. When we talk about this five years from later, like from what we're talking about right now, this will get meshed in together when she finally wins a title reign because she's treated like she already is the champion or better she, than the she's championship. She's bigger than the title. It's, she's bigger I, than the title. And, that, and that's fine. It's, but it's 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 egregious to the people that are not her, which sucks. It's not it's, her fault, but it sucks. Because, it's tough because when Rhea first had that match, and she obviously lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania last year. Like, it did elevate Rhea because it proved that she could hang with the best. Like, it was huge. But, like, in this one, it's just been, like, I mean, we had a mess before. Rhea's whole reign has been a mess because the Oscar stuff was a mess. And this is just, like, it's not. They booked that match so early, and they, like, they're filling with this garbage stuff. It's, like, WWE has two things when they don't know what to do with lead it. They either sign a contract or they put them in a tag team together. And they're both fucking awful devices because they're overused. When used correctly, they can be effective. But it's just like they don't—they don't know how to get to the fight because they feel like they have to have them on TV to twenty or thirty minutes every week. Like it's one of those things where WWE kind of like in it, you have to get out of your own way. Like they don't need to be in these long segments every week, and it just—it it makes it so tough because we just see the same shit. We see them together too much. We see them like touch each other too much. Like so, it's just like by the time we get to the fight, we're tired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it happens I, all the time. I agree with you 100%. And when I was watching it, all I could think about was, I do not care about this at all. Like th- this, it's not good. And 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 I hate I hate the idea of we've already got your money. You're gonna like this match. I'm telling you right now, I'm getting so fatigued to the point that when we watch this, I'm going to not care. I don't care about the outcome. Yeah, but here's the problem. I Mania, much like much like Bianca and Sasha. Their leader wasn't great either, but the match was fucking awesome. And these two, like Rhea and Charlotte, they proved to have great chemistry. They're probably going to have a really good wrestling match. And that's why it's just like, it's so frustrating where it's just like, if you eased up a little on the week to week, when you got to the match, people would be excited for it and it would deliver. Then it would be memorable. But the problem is a lot of these times we get to these matches, we're fatigued by it. We get the match. We're like, oh, it was pretty good. But then it's just like, they're like, then they're like, oh, they like the match. We got to do rematches. And it's just like, well, we're fucking exhausted of the actual feud. So it's just like a, a never ending cycle of shit. And when you have someone that we're going to get to probably in a little bit and like someone like Drew McIntyre, who's getting his 15th opportunity, we're fucking done with it now because they've fucking used them too much. They don't put them in the washing machine. They just keep putting on the same shirt and his fucking pit stains is covered in dirt and everything. And it's just, they keep going, look at yeah. And we're like, no, man, clean it off, man. I want to be comfortable. I can't be wearing this shit anymore. And it's just, it's, 
oh, it's exhausting. And this 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 is just not interesting. It's bad. It's a shame too because they're they're doing they're not doing anything right by Rhea since she's won that title. This portion of the Jabberknocker brought to you by Tide. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide. Thank you, Jeff. Don't eat the pods like Nestlemania has in the past. It is unsafe. It is unsafe. I'm sure the millennials out there have eaten Tide pods. I don't know. I don't, it looks no, like you. There's photo evidence of you eating Tide. I pods. forgot about that. I forgot about that <laughs> that uh, that that photo that is leaked out on the internet of me eating Tide pods. Anyway. Uh, great job, JC, for uh, being a super sleuth on that one. Anyway, uh, yes, I'm not very excited about that at all uh, when it comes to... So you brought it up. Let's let's talk about the slongy sword and the hose and all that stuff and the hoe train and all that whatever. Because, uh, you know, fucking Drew McIntyre brought it up. He said, everybody aboard the Lashley train. And I was just like, oh boy, at least he made a joke. But then as we talked about, I'm sure, as you feel about it, JC, he went on a history lesson. I don't know about you, but history was my oh least my favorite subject in... I I'll, fell asleep! I was just so I was mad. Legit, it was like, in the, I was watching, like, flipped it on an intermission of the Bruins game. And oh my fucking God, this guy, what are you, are you fucking telling the itty bitsy spider or some shit? Like, like who, I don't know, like, I don't know who thinks this is good. Mm-hmm. And he, his delivery already isn't the best. Like, he's fine. Like, I, he's a likable guy. I've liked him, but it's just like... I am so fucking sick of him. Mm-hmm. So fucking sick of him that when you give him a fucking seven minute promo talking about the itsy bitsy spider and this and that, it's like, shut the fuck up, motherfucker. Kofi Kingston was right. You keep getting chance after chance after chance and you fucking bundle them all. Get the fuck off my TV, loser. Get the fuck out of here. And he could have saved it with his slongy sword in the wood. And I'm sure there's a joke there about cutting wood. That was the best part when he fucking. Yeah. So here's what I was like. That's great. There's here's here's my here's my absolute worst part of that entire thing, right? So like he pulls out this giant sword, and then he slams it down and cuts through the wood, and nobody sells it. Not even the women. They're just like, oh, I guess that's a big thing that's very threatening. I should move. Should have at least been aroused. Exactly. Exactly. The women should have been excited. Lashley, but should have been scared, or somebody should have screamed. Anything. MVP should have tried to take out his cane. Should have been scared. Yeah, somebody. Is he still there at this point? Who remember. knows? I'm just saying, somebody should have reacted to it. The fact that he did it was just like, it looked like a kid throwing a, tantr- a, t- a tantrum in the middle of Toys R Us when he didn't get a fucking toy. He just goes, nah. It didn't make any goddamn sense. It made no goddamn sense. So here's the other thing, too, is like, so Lashley's more concerned with all these women that he's like parading around and they're all getting $500, you know, to be out there and do whatever they got to do and, and whatever. That's fine. That's the, the Mark Sherman rate. But anyway. They go out there and they do their thing and they like they go like oh baby oh honey all that stuff whatever that's great but after a while you're you're fatigued by it because you're just like here's 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 the logic or lack thereof in my opinion right like you want to talk about MVP overplaying his hand MVP goes this is me being fucking ridiculous by the way so obviously you know who you're talking about so MVP talks about how Kofi Kingston killed Kofi Mania because he he let it like he lacked focus he did things for other people he was a little bit weak. In the words of a particular movie that I really enjoy, Rocky 1 through 4, any of them really, actually 3 because Mickey died, Mickey said to Rocky, women weak in knees. So technically, you want to talk about Lashley being focused? I don't think he's been focused. He's probably fatigued with all those women around if you get my drift. And so how can he be professional and prepared to go into Hell in a Cell against the Mac, which obviously he's going to win, but if he wins... Because he's fatigued with five women and beats Lash, sorry, beats McIntyre, then really McIntyre should be gone forever, which is what the stipulation is. Like I, this stipulation is like, oh, you want Hell in a Cell, and it's and it's and you know it's McIntyre's last time. It's like final fucking Lee. We've gotten this fucking point where we're fatigued, you're fatigued, these women are fatigued. 
MVP is fatigued because he's looking for other people in the Hurt Business. Like, we're all done. Like, everything spread too thin in this entire... And it's the WWE Championship. It's the WWE Championship, JC. And we are feeling like this might be the Intercontinental Championship. Like, that's the level it's let's, at. Let's run through this quickly. The WWE Championship on Raw, they're doing Lashley dirty. The Women's Championship on Raw, Rhea Ripley, they're doing dirty. The Tag Team Champions, AJ and Omos, for the most part, they've been doing dirty. Raw fucking sucks at booking champions, whereas you look at SmackDown, it's like Roman Reigns, stud. Apollo Crews, best he's ever been in his career. The Mysterios, it's still new, but they're in a feud with the fucking main events of SmackDown. But it's like, that's the fucking difference. Raw doesn't know what the fuck to do with their champions, and they make them all look like champions. 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 Is that overseas talk? Is Danny going to have to say champions? No, it's just the word chump. No, I'm, I know, over... but it made it sound like you were talking Britishly. Oh, no, I would do that for NXT UK! UK! With Piper. Piper Vivin. Sorry, I just love Piper. I think she's great. Uh, no, look, there's more we can talk about. I think we could probably go in a little bit of a fast gear on some of these things, but I'm just going to go on to... Uh, well, we'll go on over SmackDown very quickly. Gable and the Street Profits to me was just very odd. Like, with, like, being like Otis just interacts and, like, smashes things and whatever. And it's like, next week, we're going to face each other because it's a big fucking deal. And it's like, okay, great. Like, there's a second B storyline for tag teams. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. But the whole, like, logic of it is like, what have you done, fam? And it's like, what have you done, fam? You've lost. Get over it. Like, you're not the Street Profits anymore. Just saying. You know what? You're not wrong. Right now, they're a stepping stone. Yeah. But that just, that's because... They're not the champions, and they're not heels, and the champions are baby faces. So I like that it's leads instead of the Street Profits doing nothing like the Viking Raiders were until they won. At least they've been fighting people, like they fought the Usos, and now they're fighting these. It's like it's one of those, like you said, it's like a, a C-list feud, but it's still better than the majority of shit we get on Raw. So I at least like, hey, look it, they didn't fight this week, they're fighting next week. If this was Raw, they would have fought twice this week, and they'd be fighting twice next week. So at least they're spacing it out a little. That's true. That's true. They're spacers. They're spacers. But so moving on, uh, Bailey laughing in the monitor scared me. Didn't go to bed after that. But other than that, that promo was kind of all over the goddamn place. Didn't make really care at all because it's a rerun feud. Rerun. So I had no, I had no problem with us running this match back. But like now, the feud is about laughter. Bailey laughing at Bianca. It's just like I just like I don't know where they come up with these things. Be like, oh, how do we make this feud next level? We'll have Bailey laugh at her, and she'll get mad about it. <laughs> Whatever. It's still better than Elias Riker. It's, it's not good enough. No, like, that's, that's, the, that's the new, like, bottom of the barrel is Elias Riker feud. If anything's above that, I won't flip out about it. You have lowered your standards an awful lot, considering how high I your mean, standards are. We, we watch Raw every week. We have to have low standards. No, I get it. I'm just saying for the point of conversation, it's fine. Uh, but no, it is whatever. Oh, look, I got mad that Commander Aziz attacked KO, and then it was just like, I get it as a cheap win, but like, we've seen this. It didn't feel special to me at all. Moving on back to Raw, I just, I'm not necessarily in love with this idea, but it's it's bizarre to me, is this whole like Cedric Alexander getting time, losing, not a job earlier, but losing quickly to Jeff Harvey, and uh, I just... Uh, Jeff Harvey is just not uh, on my uh, my level anymore, and then he beats Cedric, which there was a – he did – did he win the feud? Like, now, like, I don't know what's going on. He won two out of three with Shelton, but I I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I just 
This one to me, like, this felt to me like, okay, we're going to let Cedric get on TV because we're developing his character. He's going to get all this promo time and all this, so he's going to, he's already getting the win, so he can lose the match because a couple weeks ago the internet was crying about how we're jobbing out Jeff Hardy, so let's give Jeff Hardy a win here so people can fucking suck his dick again. Like, it just, that's what it felt like to me. But it's one of those things, it's like, I've, when a heel loses, I won't get mad about it, but I want to see what the next step is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He can't just keep losing. Or, like you said, is he done with Shelton? If he isn't, I'm okay with it because they're letting it breathe a little, which I think would be good. So we'll see. I just, I, 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 this, I, one, I, this one, I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting. Wait and see approach on this. I'm waiting as well, but I'm also slightly nervous that there's not a good backup plan for him. Like, it's off TV for him if he doesn't have Shelton Benjamin. He'll be on TV because they seem to actually be legitimately pushing him. So he'll be, he'll at least, in a three hour show, he'll be around doing something. Okay. How do you feel about Mustafa Ali Mansoor? I like it. I like it because I like that they didn't haven't gone right into it. They're slowly building it. It's something that makes sense. Um, it's someone who I think it's very good for Mansoor to work with in a first feud um, because we really haven't seen a lot of them. He's been employed with them for a long time. We've seen him in pieces. He had a great match with Cesaro overseas. Like Little things I see, like I like him. But they're usually when they do this, it's like when Dom debuted, they're giving you little pieces for a reason because they're trying to develop him at the same time. So I think Ali's a good person for him to either work with or work against with, or maybe we can see a little bit of both, depending how this goes. But I like that it's slowly. Obviously, he got in the ring with Gulak. Was that a job alert? Uh, I believe you are correct. Gulak? Yes. The Gulak. But Gulak's a good person to uh, make your in-ring debut against, so... One of those things is I'm I'm glad they're slow burning this. They're like easing us into mon- the Monsor experience. Experience, yeah, that's uh, putting it lightly. So uh, for me, it's like I, I like the devil, devil's advocate kind of Ali playing what he's doing here. And of course, Monsor goes out and wins anyway with the like the cheating of Gulak and all that other stuff. Like I get that, but it's it's a little too much for me in, in terms of like I know we're headed to Ali Monsor, and I'm sure it'll be a thing, but. I don't necessarily know how exactly it's going to play out in my brain if I'm going to enjoy it. So I should just shut up and enjoy it. But it's a good, like, yeah, F-level feud. It's very you know? new. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's very it's, new. It's, it's an like odd a taste. It's a level feud, but we need those on Raw. So. And I think the only thing left to talk about is a particular doll, JC. I'm curious. Yeah, so. I'm curious how you feel about this because I, I, I have a particular feeling about it. And I'm just curious because I know how much you hate the stupid doll thing. I hate the stupid doll. But I, I, I didn't really like that this main evented because I don't, I don't know, it just felt, I get why they did it, but it just, I like the fact that Shayna Baszler and Alexa Bliss are in a feud, and it's something separate and it's unique. And overall, like, there definitely were flaws. I still hate the doll. I hate the doll as much as Shayna hates the doll. Like, if, if I were on TV, I'd be Shayna. I'd hate that fucking doll. I'd want to fucking squish it. I want to smack Alexa in the face. So... They at least, like, for something where, like, you know I hate the doll, like you said, going into it. I didn't hate the segment. Didn't love the segment, but I didn't mind it. It was something where I actually watched the entire thing. I didn't think about fast-forwarding because it at least had me interested to see what they were doing. I still don't – I don't know long-term how this works out because especially, like, we want to get Shayna back to being that badass. And feuding with a doll, it's challenging. Can it be done? Of course. Of course it can. But in terms of this week, because that's all we can talk about now, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We can speculate on it, which that's what the detective's for. I just, I didn't mind it this week, and I'm willing to give it a chance, but I am just very worried that there's so much doll, and I hate that fucking doll, 
that it'll take something just small that they fuck up to lose me. So small, like a doll, to lose you. You think? <sighs> yeah. I, I listen. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought that, and I know this is why we put in the heat because it's a very, very different opinion. But there are other things that I didn't like about it at the end, where I felt like it went on too long. I appreciated the like slow. Most things. Yeah. No. You know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, keep them happy and keep them moving kind of guy. You know. But anyway, I just when you when you overstay your welcome like that, I think it was like, oh wow, they're gonna spend 15 minutes on this fucking thing. Like that. That felt like. I mean, it wasn't really 15 minutes, but it felt like it was 15 minutes. Um, I think with commercial breaks involved, but it just, it was hard for me to watch it because I just, I enjoyed the idea of like, it's just a stupid doll. Then she stepped on it. And then of course, like things started to like jitter and then she ran down and they showed her backstage and things like things, things started falling around. Like I, I like that portion of it. It was like a horror movie. Yeah. I like that part too. There was some production yeah. value. There was some production value to it. So I didn't mind that part. But the part where it was like she went from like not caring about it to be a she like it it heightened from things falling around to her not caring to be like it's just a stupid doll. Then she like automatically just locked the door like out of fear, which I thought was bizarre. Like you went like that, like you snapped into it. It wasn't even a gradual turn, which that's where they started to lose me. And then it was like putting the furniture. Then she turned and saw it in the mirror and then looked back and it wasn't there. Then turned in the mirror again and kicked the mirror, which I get it, but. What's the point? Like, what are we doing here? Like, why Why does it matter? Like, and she kicked it thinking like, okay, she could get rid of it because she's losing it slowly. But then the, they went to Blacks and, oh, next week we're going to have to figure out what goes on and what happened to Shayna Baszler and all this stuff. Like, you know, Shayna Baszler is going to show up next week and she's going to look perfectly fine. And then, of course, these little things are going to trickle in where something goes wrong with her. But I don't know if they're going to turn her into a doll. You know, like, I don't know if they're going to turn her into a zombie. I don't know if they're going to make it so that, like, so, like, this is where my brain went with this entire thing, and I hope I'm wrong. But the mirror is, like, you know, Alice in Wonderland, where you can, like, go through the mirror and be part of this whole, like, random fucking world. And then because she's the queen of spades, could she potentially be the Mad Hatter? Like, my brain went off into a fucking la-la land when I was watching this shit. Like, I had no psychedelics were involved when I think about these things. But, man, like, you think about it from that aspect— what are they doing? They And honestly, they probably won't even go that far. They won't even go to where I, I am because literally nobody thinks like me. But And probably for a good reason. But there's no reason to think that I'm going to feel one way or another about it. But I feel like I'm excited. But I know in my heart I'm going to get let down. And I, and I don't like that. I don't like feeling that I know I can't enjoy something. Because I want to enjoy it. Yeah, that's why, like I said, for this week, I thought they did a good job overall. Didn't get pick at it, but I think overall it was fine. I have the same worries, but all we can react to is what we know. So until they fuck up, even though I hate the fucking doll, I'm willing to give it a chance. So there's a chance, folks. There's a chance JC might put it in the OK column. Just, Just maybe. Just maybe. Uh, so I think well, you that, know what, that's pretty yeah. Glorious, you are my only hope. And next week, WrestleMania, Evolution is a mystery. Eva's debuting, and we're all happy. The Evolution is finally coming on Monday Night Raw. I'm pumped. I'm jacked. And I cannot wait for this. I have a couple, like, hopes here about this whole Evolution thing. I mean, we're getting Eva, which is great. That's already a W. But you know what else I want? I'm greeting WrestleMania. Give me all the good God for this. I want the voice of God guy back for her entrance. I want her to have an entourage, a posse, a fan club help. 
If you need people to do it, you can hire me to fucking follow her around all day and just like be a fucking groupie. I want all the snap. I want it to be because she's pulling this like motivational speaker thing or whatever, like or how she's whatever. I want her to have like followers, like tons of extras and whatever, just following her around. I but the main reason I want all this is I want like a wall to be around her. I want her to be on Raw every week and no one to be able to get fucking near her. Like it's the, the fan club acts as bouncers. Maybe she has a private security, this and that, because the, it'll, it'll just make people so frustrated when Eva does things and like your favorite wrestlers can't get to her and then she won't go in the ring with them and stuff. It, that's what gets Eva heat. And I just like, I want all of it. Like another another character on Raw in the women's division that has that larger than life feeling that like it's more of like the lead up until like all you want to see is someone get their hands on her and beat the fuck out of her. And I just think like the spin of her being this positive person as this positive heel is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be different than the Eva version we've seen in the past. But the only thing I want from her past is the voice of God guy. Give me that. Give me that all day. But that's pretty much my hope because I'm already excited for it. But I want them to spare no expense all the stuff thing because Ross certainly needs things and Eva Marie could be exactly what Monday Night Raw needs to be go from a shit show to a slightly less shitty show hashtag JC knows hashtag JC so true hashtag evolution hashtag let's fucking go I, I just I can't for the life of me understand why you're so excited about this but that's fine Gaga Nestlemania. We're all Gaga guys. I'm the most Gaga guy of them all. Eva, all she she is 99.9999999999% Gaga. So sign me the fuck up. Entertain me, baby. All right. Well, that's a great comeback, I guess. Then if it makes you happy. Anyway, my comeback is also that was in the a women's. Hope. That was a hope. Sorry, I'm I'm tired. I don't have no sleep. I, I do your hope. We'll get to the comeback after. All right, my comeback's better anyway. Okay. Uh, hope. My hope, yeah. No, my hope is, so, so I was watching SmackDown, and all I could think about was there was one particular woman in there that really caught my eye, Carmella, because she now says that she is going to be the most beautiful woman in the WWE, the most beautiful woman in the WWE. So this is where my brain went, and I think this would be a lot of fun in some form or fashion, is that she becomes the most beautiful woman in WWE. Maybe she gets voted the most beautiful woman in the world, whatever the case may be for some Twitter poll, whatever. Then she has some random fucking accident. And she becomes hideous. I want her to have like the Cody Rhodes experience where she's got a face mask and she thinks she's ugly. She, but clearly nothing's wrong with her. She has like that dysmorphia kind of thing. And like, that's not a thing to joke about, but like in terms of the character, she just thinks she's hideous from this like slight accident that she may have. And then she becomes this like crazy, ridiculous heel who still dances with the sheet in front of her, which is fine. And then, so you keep that. Just keep the entrance. Keep the keep entrance. The entrance. Yeah. The yeah. But she thinks she's hideous. Right. And she just like thinks she's just like this crazy fucking person. Because I think we've seen like the Staten Island princess. We've seen like the woman that walks around and thinks she's like queen shit and like clearly thinks she's more beautiful than everybody else. But people like that deserve to be kind of thrown off the pedestal every once in a while. And I think with her, I think that she has enough acting chops that I would like to see her get to that point of like, okay, you've evolved in that character. Now I want to see the opposite of that character. And I think the opposite of being beautiful is not so beautiful. And I think she could do it. Like, you know, and in, in, in an interesting way on SmackDown, I think that'd be kind of cool to do because I just don't know how far you can go with this beauty thing. Because she's kind of already done it with the champagne and the uh, concierge and the other thing. And I just, I, I, I'm... Sommelier. I'm, sommelier, whatever, because that's so much different. Whatever. 
it's fine. It's a personal person that's for you. But I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm looking at it from a perspective of I just don't really care too much about it. But, like, it perked my interest to go, like, maybe she turns and, like, gets into an accident and thinks she's a crazy person. And, like, thinks she's hideous and, like, crazy. Like, I would, I would want to see that stuff because every once in a while, it's fun. So that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle's better than JC. Hashtag most beautiful person in the world is now the not so most beautiful person in the, in the world. Eh, that was a lot of hashtag hing. Anyway. I just can't believe you have Carmella in your hope. I like that. We're just going to move on right to the comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Mine's going to Alidolo! Andrade Alidolo, that's his name, in AEW. But uh, the main reason he gets my comeback, obviously it's exciting. It's a big signing for them. They let him talk, which uh, people were shocked. He could actually talk, but he talked a few times in WWE when he said a few words. It was fine. But more reason why I want to even come back now so many is I want to have a discussion. Because I see everyone on the internet going, finally, Andrade is going to get his opportunity, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like, okay. So if we're talking about Andrade, yes, he was the NXT champion. He was the face of that brand. He held mid-card titles on the main roster. He never got the world championship. But when looking at him, like, do we actually think he's going to win the AEW world title at some point? I don't know if he is. Maybe, maybe he's a TNT champion, which, I mean, the titles are kind of treated the same right now. But in terms of, like, the AEW world championship, you would equate to the other world championships as the top championship. And I just, I'm really curious your ceiling because I see everyone on Twitter being like, you're going to get more opportunities in here. And I'm thinking to myself, like, he's definitely going to get a chance to wrestle. He's definitely going to have some exciting matchups. He'll probably be in matchups. But, like, when people are saying this, like, he's going to be the top, like, I don't know if he actually is. So I see him kind of being in AEW, what he was in WWE, like an upper mid-carder who goes up and down, who has good matches when given the opportunity, who probably is going to have a manager like he has is with Vicky Guerrero, who will do a lot of the talking for him. So I just, I don't know what, I know the perception is, no matter what, it's going to be like, oh my God, it's AEW, it's going to be better. I don't know if it is. I think people are just like tricking themselves. And I'm curious if you think differently, if you're going to be like, no. Oh, I see him as a world champion in a year. He's going to hold that title. He's going to be the face of the company. I don't see it. Do you? I I think there's a lot of love for him out there. I think that people love uh, Andrade for many different I reasons. Him. No, I, and then in the ring, it's it's undeniable how good he is. But I think the problem is the language barrier in the United States. I think that it sucks saying that because he's so talented. And some people will say, oh, you can get there, but you know, you need a mouthpiece. And yes, he has Vicky Guerrero. Maybe maybe that does make the difference. I don't know, but. My thought is when I watch him, I think I don't see you slaying the dragon. I don't see you as a baby face. I don't see you as a, like, a better heel than some of the heels they have. And again, maybe in a year we can have that conversation. But right now, saying he's going to be the face, like I think that's the most empty promise you can have somebody in a promo say is just, I'm going to be the face of this company. Anybody says this is the face of the company. MJF said he was going to be the face of this company for years to come. He probably will. But not he right. Definitely, that's, that's, that's the other thing. I'm looking at it. It's like, I like Andrade too, but I just don't see how, what he's going to do in AEW that is different from WWE. Will he probably wrestle more often? Probably. Well, actually, he wrestled a lot in WWE. It's just like, maybe it wasn't the upper tier matches. Maybe he will have more of those. Like I said, maybe he is the TNT champion down the line. But I'm looking at it. You have Omega as the champion now. Um, and you just look at all these other top guys. Like Miro, I think, would be elevated to a world champion status before him. You mentioned MJF. Just like there's even guys like Wardlow down the line, I could see like being a world champion over him. And in terms of heels, and obviously that babyface list is endless with Hangman and on down the line. But I just, I don't know. 
I just, for me, when I was looking at this, I'm seeing everyone on the internet, like, I'm happy he's there, too. I think it's a great signing, like I said. He's going to play a big role there, especially with the second show. He'll be involved in big matches. There's a lot of exciting feuds for him to do. I just don't see what's going to be different about it from WWE to AEW in terms of his status in the company besides him just having fresher matchups. And that's why, to me, it was just like, everyone's making this big deal on Twitter about it and, like, ripping WWE for it. I'm like, I just don't see how he's different. He was the face of a brand in WWE. He was the face of NXT for a period of time. I don't know if he's ever going to get there with AEW. See, I don't even remember. I mean, like, I know Andrade versus Gargano was one of, like, my favorite CN matches of all time. But I just... (sighs) I think we remember Zelina more, obviously, because she was the one talking, but she kind of made him that next-level star. Because I remember the early days of NXT, like, you and I are like, oh, he's a good wrestler, but he's not interesting. They added Zelina. He worked his way off the card, won the championship, and we're like, oh, my God. This guy could be the future of the face of the company. This guy's amazing. This is the guy they wanted. This, he could be the next Rey Mysterio in terms of, like, the like the Hispanic community. He's like, he could be what they hoped Del Rio would be. But then it's like we forget. When these guys get to the main roster, everyone is a stud up there. NXT, there's, there's studs, too. But there's less. It's more of like that big fish in a small pond because you have some people developing. You have some people that are just destined to be mid-carders. But the main roster, like, you go down the list, and even like the lowest people you could sell as a main eventer in NXT, at least back then. So he got up there, and it's just like, you can't just be really good up there. you got to be really great to reach the top. And he was really good, so he got to the top of the mid-card, but it felt like it was capped. And I think the same thing's going to happen in AOW, which is sad, because I love Andrade too. And like I said, I think his career will be a success, but I don't think he's ever going to be a world champion. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I was going to make the joke that instead of being, you know, uh, Alita, though, he should have been a lateral because that's the move he made. I mean, he literally just made the lateral move. <laughs> I don't disagree with you that. You know, and yeah. I, I think that you're you're 100% right. The ceiling is a particular way, and I, you know, yes, maybe he is going to be huge in, in terms of, like, Hispanic viewers and, and and having that nationality there, but, I mean, they have a lot of people there that have, you know, a lot of different you know, nationalities and, and so proud of their nationalities that he doesn't stick out in that aspect of either. You know, so I, I think there's just so many other people there that are so much more hungry and so much more like I think when I look at him, I think he's incredibly talented, but I think that he thinks that he already deserves what he doesn't deserve. And if the rumors th- are true about him having a little bit of control over wins and losses, then that's definitely true. Who knows if that's true, but that's out there. Yeah. So I mean I try not to percolate on that kind of stuff because it's not worth my time. It's mental masturbation in my opinion. So it is what it is. But anyway, great comeback. That was a long way for a comeback. Uh, my comeback, surprisingly enough, if you looked on Twitter, uh, in GCW, there is Nick Gage celebrating and a hooded figure doing a no way. John Moxley You're wiggle. Oh, yeah. John oh Moxley wiggle. Go on Twitter and watch this video. And somebody gives the dirty deeds to, to Nick Gage and the crowd pops because they think it's Moxley. But it turns out to be Matt freaking Cardona. He gets my comeback because this is the only time in my life I have ever cared about Matt Cardona. This was like when I saw this, the crowd like go away, please leave heat. All I could think about was this. This guy just literally signed his death warrant, but at the same time did one of the smartest things he could. Considering that he's one of the biggest pussies in general in wrestling, in my opinion, like he's either booked that way, sounds that way, just seems like one of those soft men. Like he's just he's just one of those guys. Like you look at him, you just think like I could beat him in a fight. Like on a, nine out of ten times, anybody could probably beat him. And I'm sure Dom's sitting there laughing his ass off because Dom feels the same fucking way. And you know TJ's probably like, don't talk about my action figure pal like that. But anyway, beside that whole fucking point. There's so much to hate about Matt Cardona. The fact that he's going to like get lit up by Nick Gage is money. 
absolute money. This is like he he is taking that persona of being soft and being like not a killer and going into the lion's den and being like, I'm going to dip my toe into fucking light bulbs and barbed wire and this fucking guy who went to jail for robbing a fucking bank. Like he is the absolute, he is the absolute antithesis of Nick Gage. And I got to tell you, it's a money idea. It's absolute money idea. This is the most money Matt Cardona will ever make in his life if he plays it out correctly. I am That's in not love. true. He literally got, brought you to the WWE. No, I know. I know. That guy I, was a merch printing machine. He brought them to the 21st century. So you're, you're going a little too far now. But I would say in the last like 10, to 10 years, sure. This is the most relevant he's been, in my opinion, I think. In, in terms of like how much the internet hated it and hated him and how much they turned on him. Like I just, I I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And for somebody, I'm not a I'm not a fan of at all. I thought this I guy's know. this guy's oh, brilliant. This guy's brilliant. Like, hopefully he has more cards up his sleeve. Because honestly, if this is his final swan song, like what a way to go out. Because Nick Gage is gonna cut him up. And I just, I I don't I don't I don't buy that stuff. But I would go out of my way to buy to see this. And he's got me. He's got me hook, line, and sinker. I think it's a fantastic idea. Fantastic idea. Because here's here's the other thing too. Here's the genius of it. Moxley like indefinitely got beat up at AEW, so I'm like, oh, maybe he's gonna go do some G- you know GCW stuff before his daughter's born. So like when I saw that, I was like, oh, cool, they're gonna let him do this before his daughter's born. And then he pulled off the mask, and it was Zack Ryder, and I just went, you had me, you fucking had me. So good job, good job for everybody around. That that is such a great idea and a great moment uh, in independent wrestling, I think. So kudos to him for someone that I I just just I just have so much disdain for from a business acumen. Second to none. Wonderful idea. That's my comeback. All right. That, that surprised me. But we got to go to the big old finish, and that means NXT is taking over this Sunday, June 13th. Uh, in your house, it's, uh, that's actually happening. Um, I didn't realize it was this week, but it is. And there's four matches booked. So we will predict those four matches right now. And um, you will have to go to the website, jawadocker.com. For the complete predictions, the staff will have them. But also, there's likely going to be another match added. Uh, we record it Tuesday, tonight on Tuesday night, because they usually do five. So to see who we pick for that match, you'll have to go to the website. So like I said, jobberknocker.com. While you're up there, check out all our great articles from our great writing staff. But first up, WrestleMania singles match for the NXT Women's Championship. Your girl, Raquel Gonzalez, with Dakota Guy, defends against Ember Moon with Shotzi Blackheart. I'm assuming they're just serving up Ember to Raquel. We're going to have a lot of this coming up with people just getting served up to Raquel. Uh, long live Giant Gonzalez. She's going to win, and she's going to continue to win. I, I, uh, She's been booked pretty poorly so far, but uh, I'm hoping that things turn around for her because, uh, you know, it, i got to let her breathe, I guess, but I'm just, I've not been interested since she's won, which sucks. They I've been more really heavy in the chase. an opponent you think could beat her because uh, the way I look at it, it's like, She'll probably have a really match with you at some point. I'll be interested in that. And then whenever her and Dakota have the falling out, like, I want to see that. So I think until we get to one of those two, it's just going to be like, oh, yeah, here's Ember. Here's Shotzi. Like, mm. we know they're not going to win at this point. So it's kind of whatever. Frankie, but next up, Frankie has a chance to beat her, I think. I think that's the long term. Yeah, plan. but that's that's not that's a long way down the line, yeah. I think. Next up, uh, a match that I'm surprised is on the card. I bet you will be, too. Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee with Boa and May Ying. Um, I'm curious on this one because obviously Mercedes Martinez is a badass. Um, I think she's mostly an NXT though to mostly get people over because she's a really, really good veteran and makes people look good. And Zia Lee and this faction is getting a big push, so I think I'm going to pick Zia Lee. 
Yeah, it's probably smarter of the, the two choices. I think, like you said, um, Zaya has a, a character. So when I look at it that way, I go, she's got a character. She's got a reason to win. She's got to look at all these things. And she had that staring at the monitor a couple weeks ago kind of thing. We're like looking at what she used to be versus what she is. So for me, slam dunk, 100%. Makes sense, Zaya. Next up, hashtag, my man event. Who are my favorite characters? In NXT right now, are feuding with million dollar man involved here. There's rumors of a million dollar championship, but this match, I can't tell you how fun this whole experience has been the last couple weeks. I love, love, love the insertion of L A Knight. You say his name, you have to say it like that, or else I'm kicking you off the podcast. So I think this is exciting, but honestly, this feels to me like because Cameron Grimes, we've seen lose a lot. This really feels like his moment where they push him to the moon. So. I'm picking Cameron Grimes, baby. Wow. I did not see you picking Cameron Grimes, honestly. I really didn't. I do love that L.A. Knight calls himself the NXT Megastar. Like, it's just the way that Megastar he's rolls great. off the tongue is just Dude, like. He's great. He is. He's, he's so great. He's so great on the mic. I'm just not so big on, like, the matches itself. But, like, you know. Whatever. It, whatever. It is what it whatever. is. He's like a Miz Light. I don't care. No, so here's. Here's where I'm drawn in my head, right? Like, so tonight, I believe there's a uh, an announcement. If the match is for the Million Dollar Championship, it's going to make me feel like I should change my opinion of this. But I'm going to stick with L.A. Knight, I think, because my hope is that Grimes gets the championship, if that's the case. But if not, like, I I just see so much more with L.A. Knight with that Million Dollar Championship. Like, I, I, I believe that a little bit more than Cameron Grimes. And I think Cameron Grimes is becoming like a, a reluctant babyface in a way. Like it's it's growing on me, like his chest hair. So I just uh, I don't know, baby. Like I'm interested in this. This is the best part of this is the to me this is the best part of NXT by far, by far. A hundred percent, I agree. And that's crazy because considering they have a massive main event uh, for this, a fatal five way for the NXT Championship, Karrion Cross with Scarlett defends against Cool Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, baby. Johnny Gargano with Austin Theory versus Pete Dunne with Oni Lorcan. Um, this is literally a wrestling nerd's fucking dream with the guys in this match. I think this match is going to be a ton of fun. It'll probably be a fucking hour and a half with like names that we have in this match. Um, but I think it will be fun, but I think it's just a long way for Karrion Cross to retain. And it'll be like, I beat all you motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, here's here's where my worry is, right? Adam Cole cuts that promo, which everybody's like, oh, the kid cut a promo of the year, which... Yeah, it was very good, but I, I think everybody kind of gets woken up by promos that actually register. So for me, this was like an earthquake, or it was like maybe a three, but not a five. It was it was very good, and I think that was the way that it should be. It makes you remember, oh, shit, like these people can talk. Um, but Adam Colbebe ain't winning. Kyle, cool Kyle, I, I couldn't care less about. Pete Dunne isn't ready. Johnny Gargano's already had it. So for me, like you said, Cross has to beat all these people because I think we're on to something else at this point. Like, maybe Cool Kyle gets a one-on-one at some point, and that's fine. But nobody's beaten Cross. I think he's on for a dominant reign like he was supposed to for a very, very, very long time. And uh, I just – I don't even see anybody in NXT right now that could take the title off of him. So that's how I feel. Yeah, no, this definitely is – he can beat everyone. Maybe he has some single matches. But I say this because I love the Adam Cole promo too. I still feel the same way I felt for over a year now. I want to see what he does on the main roster with the other top guys. Because like I mentioned with Andrade earlier, I think Adam Cole is a guy 
that we are all so behind that he could break through. And whether he's a top baby ace or a top heel, even though his, he has the size issue, for all you size shamers out there, I think he is such could be such a megastar if he's willing to take that step. We know like him, the Garganos, the Champas, the O'Reillys, they're all not really willing to try it. I really want Adam Cole to try it. Because even if he fails, I want to. I want him to. I want to see what he can do. You know what I mean? He's already one of my favorite guys. He's been one of my favorite guys for years. I fucking love him on the mic. I love him in the ring. He's a total fucking package. But I want to see how he does against the guys who are perceived as the best of the best, who are at that elite level, who perform at that elite level, who perform in front of the most eyes in the world. I want to see it. So until he does that for me. You talk about a lateral move for Andrade, Adam Cole, like he just he just keeps dropping down because he's already been the face of NXT forever. He's already done these things. I want him at that next level, and I want to see what he can do. That's just how I feel about it. I concur. Anything else, or would you like to wrap up the show? No, let's get out of here. Our connection <laughs> yeah, my connection and my phone are dying, so I apologize. I guess that's pretty much everything. Like the descriptions below, everything in there. Follow everybody on Twitter, all that stuff that you normally do. Socialize the pod. I believe that's pretty much it. We hope you enjoy NXT in your house. And we'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. And an evolution, baby!